0: This is After the Bell Rings, a podcast brought to you by the Triad School District in Troy, Illinois. In this series, you'll hear about what your kids are learning, how they're learning, and ideas to strengthen the school-home partnership. Here's Amy Van Hoos.
1: Welcome to After the Bell Rings. This is episode three. Today, my guest is Trisha Aukamp, the school psychologist from Silver Creek Elementary and Marine Elementary. Trisha is a 2005 graduate of Eastern Illinois University. She went on to get her master's degree in clinical child and school psychology and a specialist degree in school psychology. She started working for Triad in 2009, so this is her ninth year. Today, Trisha and I are going to talk about the IEP process, the Individualized Education Plan we're gonna discuss what exactly an IEP is, how you qualify for one, and what to expect through the process. While this episode is for everyone, we are targeting an audience of people who have a child with an IEP, or have been referred for an IEP, or anyone who wants to know more about IEPs and the process an IEP team takes.
0: Mm-hmm. So welcome Trisha. Thank you. So can you start by explaining what exactly an IEP sure. is? Sure, an IEP stands for Individualized Education Plan and it's just that, a plan for your child that is individualized to their needs as a student. Um, a student might be referred for an IEP when their needs um, are perceived to be greater than what can be provided within general education alone. So we can do a lot of things um, within general education providing a lot of support. Uh, but sometimes students may need a little more than that and that's okay because that's what an IEP is for. At first the process of obtaining special education services for students can seem complicated um, and confusing for parents but my hopes for today is to um, answer any questions and provide a good explanation of what you can expect or what the steps are in the process.
1: So today we're gonna take some of the frequently asked questions that we get at the school Mm -hmm. and try to provide those answers for you. So trisha how are kids
0: referred for an iep so there's lots of different ways that kids can be referred and a lot of different reasons why um, kids are referred for you know for special ed services Uh, first the children um, can be referred through the school process which is our most typical Um, method. And this is brought on by observations or by uh, any of the assessment data that we get when we do um, like DRAs or the map data that we use um, that shows a discrepancy from where they should be. So this could be academics, this could be social emotional, this could be behavioral, um, anything that is um, different from where where the expectations are. And this is after interventions. And this process is also called RTI or response to intervention.
1: So each of our schools has an RTI. TI process Mm -hmm. and those are really more of the in-class interventions or interventions that we're doing with a classroom aide or the classroom teacher so when those aren't showing the results we want that's when we're starting to talk to you
0: talk about doing a referral. Um, other ways that they can be referred are through our uh, the pre-K screenings that we hold, uh, two times a year, typically in September and again in March. And then also parents have the right to request an evaluation and hold a meeting to discuss their concerns. It doesn't always result in testing, but we definitely have to sit down as a team and discuss what the, what the concerns are. And I always try to tell parents to make that request in writing that way, either through email or you can even write a letter. Um, that way it's you know something that, that you have proof of that you asked for a, a request, a re- evaluation. So a referral's our first step. Um, what happens after a child's referred? So what's okay. the first step after that? Uh, once a referral has been made, we uh, schedule, it's called a domains meeting. So there's always that first initial meeting. The goal of that meeting is to identify what additional information uh, we need in order to make those informed decisions about your child. These meetings typically last about 30 minutes and they include a team of people. Um, the team includes at least the parent so um, or a legal guardian, the school principal or someone to represent the district, um, obviously your child's classroom teacher, and then we also invite that grade level special education teacher, and then myself, the school psychologist, is there to discuss um, you know, any of the concerns that, that you have with your child or that the team has with, um, their academic progress, behavior, whatever it may be. Um, and then depending upon the areas of concern, other people might be there, like the school nurse, um, the social worker, any other related service personnel, so speech therapists, occupational therapists, physical therapists, and so on okay so a so, lot of people
1: <laughs> right there's a lot of people so this first step that we're gonna take after referral is a domains meeting and yes. it sounds like there's a lot of people there Yes, um, I've been involved in a few as a teacher mm-hmm. before too and there are a lot of people when you walk into that room but we don't want parents to be overwhelmed right. or surprised at how many people are going to be there it, really it's just a team of people who are bringing different backgrounds and the parents are another part of that team Absolutely. so as we sit around this table with all of these people you are bringing in the background of your child you know them better than any of us yes. so we really rely on that information so when you walk in I mean it's the last thing we want you to do is yeah. be overwhelmed with all of those people but um, you bring so much to the table that yes. it,
0: it's really and We want to have every area represented so um, you know if there's even if there's not a concern in an area we want to be able to at least talk to that person. So say it's a speech therapist and say, you know, they know the questions specific to their area to ask. So we want them to be able to decide if there needs to be any testing or anything like that. So when parents do come in, we often, you know, we do introductions, we introduce everybody. You also get a, an invitation prior to the meeting with everybody who's going to be there just so that you have advanced warning of who's going to to be at the table that day.
1: Okay, so we're at the domains meeting, we have Mm -hmm. all the people, we've introduced each other, then
0: what's going to happen at meeting? So at this meeting, meeting, um, we go through eight different areas. So we ask questions about the student with respect to each of these areas. Those are the domains. Um, Those areas include academic, functional, cognitive, communication, health, hearing and vision, motor, and then lastly, social-emotional. So we talk about information, um, the information that we have in each of those areas. So are there concerns with any of those areas? And if so, then what type of assessment would we like to do? What information do we feel like we don't have that we need to get? I always get the question, well, what are these assessments? So typically, some of the the things that we um, would typically do, and this is gonna just depend on the student, um, but I usually do some academic testing, which is you know where they sit down with me one on one. We do cognitive testing as well. We can also do behavioral assessments, um, and those are rating scales, observations. Um, like I said before, speech and language can do testing as well. Um, review of medical history, etc. There's all kinds of whatever information we feel like we don't have. We want we want to have that on that student. And
1: you decide that day what yes. tests are going to be yeah. done, and mm-hmm. then
0: parents will. Yes, and then parents, and then we ask for consent to do those testing because we can't do anything without the parent consent. So, um, and then information, we want to look at a variety of things. So not just, you know, the typical sit down testing, we want to talk to parents, we want to talk to teachers, we want to observe, um, like I said, writing scales, all those things. So then how is the evaluation completed after this meeting? Uh, what what will you do next? Mm-hmm. So the school has, um, legally has 60 school days to complete the evaluation. Um, so during this time, anyone doing testing, um, works with the teacher and, and each other. Um, to come up with appropriate times to pull the student what we don't want to do is have that student pulled from you know the areas of concern we want them to stay in for you know because we have to fit it into the school day Um, but we don't want to pull them from important times so we all try to work together to figure out when those are best times to do Um, so we're either pulling the student or we're working within the classroom after testing is complete um, results are analyzed and then they're prepared in in a report format um, to be presented to the IEP team at the next meeting okay so then what happens after the evaluation sure. the next step um, after the evaluation is to hold another meeting so the first meeting was to decide what we wanted to do this meeting is going to go over um, the testing that we did and this is called the eligibility meeting um, the goal of this meeting is to present the results and then discuss eligibility as a team and I always try to really um, reinforce that team approach because I don't want parents to ever feel like decisions are being made um, without their you know consent or approval or or just their to have the knowledge and the information that we have. We typically allow 60 minutes for this meeting, um, which is generally enough time to make those decisions as a team. At this meeting, you're gonna discuss the assessments Mm -hmm. and whether
1: the child is eligible or not. Sure. So, who is eligible for an IEP? How Mm -hmm. will you
0: decide? Um, Students can qualify for an IEP they have to meet certain criteria. So there's 13 different eligibility categories that we look at that are put out there um, by ISBE, by the Illinois State Board of Education. And I will just go through and highlight those areas. So the different eligibility categories include developmental delay, specific learning disability, other health impairment, speech and or language impairment, intellectual disability, autism, visual impairment, including blindness, deafness, deaf and blindness, emotional disability, hearing impairment, multiple disabilities, and then traumatic brain injury is the last. And like I said, each eligibility category has its own set of criteria, but one of the most predominant um, overarching criteria between all of the eligibility categories is that the child must have a disability that impacts their educational performance. So, or it impacts their independent functioning in some way. Before the special education services can begin the parent must provide that informed consent when we go through the criteria depending on which eligibility category we're looking at. The team decides if, if the, the student meets meets that um, and then the parent must provide that consent for the initial placement to begin. So if that consent is obtained then the IEP is developed at that same meeting. Okay
1: so the IEP is developed at the meeting yes. with, with the parents involved in everything so mm-hmm. Whatever goals and decisions are made, parents are there and yes. they are they're helping to make those decisions. Yes, and goals. absolutely. Okay, so when they're making the IEP, what what will they include?
0: What, what will what would this IEP look sure. like? So the IEP has um, different parts. The first part begins with um, talking about the present levels, is what they call it, the present levels of performance of that child. So, um, and if you're doing this after the eligibility you typically will have the present levels were, were the testing results, were what we just went over. So you won't typically go over those again, um, but you will kind of talk about those and what are the areas of discrepancy that you wanna focus on. So whether that's academics, um, like I said, speaking speech and language, anything to do with motor, fine and gross motor skills, anything like that. And then you'll also discuss the student strengths here as well. So I definitely, in my meetings, always try to focus on the strengths as well as the weaknesses, because we can, you know, we want to work on those weaknesses for the child. So those are what the goal in the IEP is for. But we also want to highlight their strengths and be able to use those strengths to help help their weaknesses. Um, the next section then is where you're going to talk about the goals. So what are the areas uh, that you want to work on for that child to to fill in any uh, areas of discrepancy, uh, to fill in any gaps that that you're seeing. So you'll talk about as as a team, you know, what are the, and you can have different goals, a goal for reading, a goal for math, a goal for um, language, a goal for articulation, anything like that that you decide. The next section um, that we'll go through is the accommodations and the um, assessment. So this really is, where you'll discuss different strategies that the student may need to be successful. So things like um, you'll hear us talk about extended time on a test or something like that. If a student has difficulty with attention, they might need a extended time to to complete the same test as somebody else. Um, yeah, a lot mm-hmm. of times we'll include breaks in yes. there too, frequent or frequent breaks, whether, yep, yeah, exactly. small Long group I setting, lots of those. yeah. Um, provide a copy of notes, frequent checks for understanding, all those types of things. But and a lot of times we find that the teachers are already doing these things, but we this is a place where we can put them down. So. So say, for example, the student moves, then those things will follow them. The next teacher will know the things that we use to help that child be successful. Um, this Even is if they move districts, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, so those an IEP is a legal document. So when it's written in one district, it, it will move to the next district and they have to pick up where we left off. And and it Mm -hmm. follows them grade levels too, so the
1: next year's teacher will also have these. Absolutely,
0: yep. And then the last section of the IEP is where we go over the services and placement that we're going to provide. So what different types of instruction will be used and then how often are we going to do that. Um, will services be provided in the gen ed setting or will the student be pulled out into the special ed setting to receive services? Uh, for how many minutes a day are we going to do that? Um, if they receive speech or social work services, for how much time a week? Um, you know, this is where we really hi- like plan out what their day is going to look like. Uh, the goal with the services and placement section is that services are always provided through the LRE or the least restrictive environment is what we call it. So we wanna give enough service to help them be, uh, help them make progress and be successful while not providing too much, um, that they miss out on opportunities within the gen ed setting. All uh, areas of the IEP are discussed and decided upon as a team, like we've said, and they span the dates of one calendar year. So you're always going to, to uh, think ahead for one year. Where do we want that student to be in one year? Uh, Once agreed upon, the IEP is checked over and then you um, get a copy of all the eligibility in the IEP documents, we send that to parents.
1: Okay, so the initial process at that point is over. We now have an IEP and the student is in a classroom setting of some sort where we will follow the IEP.
0: Right. So then what will parents expect next? Um, So just like you receive report cards for your students, you're now going to receive what we call progress reports. So um, all of the goals that we decided on, you're gonna get a progress update on where that student is. So, are they making progress? Or are they not making progress? And if they are, what is that? What does that progress look like? So, say a goal we had was to, um, you know, increase their fluency. So now, where is their fluency at compared to where it was before? That's what we want to see because an IEP is in place to help them make that progress, and we want to be able to show that to parents. But anyway, you will receive the quarterly uh, progress reports. Sometimes schools do maybe uh, something yearly. Um, Triad typically does quarterly. Um, So when report cards come home at the end of each quarter, you're gonna receive that progress report um, within the same envelope. And then also at least once per year, um, like I said, the IEP is written for one calendar year. So at least once a year you're going to um, meet for the dual purpose of evaluating the current IEP and then developing the next annual IEP. So thinking again ahead another year. Um, So whether you need to change goals or minutes or anything like that. And then also at a minimum, we have what's called a, the requirement of the three-year reevaluation. So every three years, again, we look at eligibility, we look at where the student's at, and if we need to do any additional testing. Uh, that doesn't mean we can't do that sooner. It just means that every three years we have to sit down and consider to do to do uh, one of those again. And then it's also important. I always like to add that it's the IEP is a living document, so it can be changed at any time. So if a parent is um, you know unhappy with with a goal that was written or they want something else in the IEP those things can all be added just whatever is based on you know on the students need at that time
1: okay so finally what sort of tips do you have for parents who are going to attend an iep meeting
0: sure um the first is definitely to attend don't be um you know scared to come i know it can be overwhelming but definitely you are the most important person in your child's life you know them better than anybody at the table um we all bring different you know areas of expertise so we want definitely want the full team to be there and be prepared to participate in the meeting so um, be able to talk about your child's strengths and and their needs you know you see them in a different environment than than we do so what works at home for you you know those kind of things we can mm-hmm. work as a team to help communicate together and work best for the, for the student so uh, I always like to tell parents to bring someone with them you know I always try to think of myself as a parent what I would do. And it's hard when you're hearing things about your child to be able to take all that information in and understand it all when you're sitting there in a large group of people, you know? Um, so I always try to offer to tell them that they can bring someone with them to kind of be another set of ears for them. So <laughs> Teachers can, like to use yes. a lot of. <laughs> jargon and acronyms too so that person who can just ask what does that mean?" somebody else what does that mean (laughs) Uh, while you're trying to you know take it all in about you know listening to things about your child that aren't always um you know some of it can be hard to hear and we want to make the parents feel as comfortable uh, as they can um and then last uh come and ask questions anything you have concerns with or you want answered um, feel free to ask so if there's something that's being talked about in the meeting and you're not sure what it means or anything please you know ask for clarification you know we definitely want you to understand you know what's going on as well well uh, thank you
1: Trisha for coming and sharing all this information with us your contact information is going to be on our website if anyone has questions our district also has four school psychologists one at the middle school, one at the high school, and two at the the elementary, and they're always happy to answer questions before, during, after the IEP. Mm -hmm. Um, And as a reminder, you can visit our website, afterthebellrings.org, to access all of the information that we discussed today, as well as links to other sites that have even more information. One section on our website is called Links to Literature, and in this section for this episode, we are going to put on some books about acceptance and diversity that are going to be great for all students, whether they have an IEP or they are in a general education room where we just have so many different different types of students Mm -hmm. these days. So, yes. um, Thanks again, Trisha. You're welcome. Thank you. We appreciate it. You can now find. After the Bell Rings on Apple Podcasts, you can subscribe on Android, and you can subscribe on Stitcher. We'll see you next time.
0: You've been listening to After the Bell Rings. Our mission is to strengthen the school-home partnership. For show notes, to contact us, and for more information, visit afterthebellrings.org.